be has been for me certainly really helpful to see metta as an attitude yeah uh, an intention yeah? sometimes spoken of uh, as a cultivation now yeah? which is actually the word for meditation uh, in pali yeah actually means cultivation yeah growing something nourishing something nurturing something cultivating an attitude or an intention uh, of what you know an attitude and intention of goodwill of uh, well-wishing of friendliness of um, benevolence sometimes is used as a translation yeah. benevolence of care uh, one of my friends who's a Pali scholar, she um, translates metta as uh, loving intention. Yeah, we could say she translates it into Hebrew and then I've translated it into English. <laughs> so uh, I, I think if she translated it into English, she would say caring intention. It's just in Hebrew, there's not quite that word. Yeah. A caring intention, intention of care. Mm. And I want to kind of bring in two aspects of this. One is, you know, there's the sense we speak about goodwill, we speak about friendliness, yes, the meanings of metta. Um, and they come together with this sense of an attitude, a quality, an intention that can be cultivated to be unconditional and also to be uh, immeasurable. That's one of the ways metta is spoken of. It's immeasurable, impossible to measure, yeah? impossible to limit. Yeah? And also we can say boundaryless yeah? in its trajectory. doesn't mean that that needs to be our experience yeah? every time we sit down. But it's helpful to know that's kind of, this is what we're working with. This is the field. This is the possibility. Realize I didn't do a sound check. Can you hear me clearly? Yeah. And online? Yeah. So we can see um, another way of seeing uh, meta, understanding it, is an atmosphere yeah, of care, an atmosphere of kindness, an atmosphere of friendliness that can radiate. Yeah in all directions, yeah, and can radiate, you know, really, really far, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that all directions, I think Nathan mentioned it yesterday, it includes this direction. <laughs> Sometimes we think radiate in all directions. It goes out, 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 we forget this one, yeah. Yeah, so it's the whole thing, yeah, that whole field. And as we've been saying, uh, and practicing, uh, practice of metta can take different forms. Yeah. It's, sometimes we say, you know, it's there in just the very, very simple, basic mindfulness practice that we do. Yeah. If there was no metta in the mindfulness, yeah, would it work? <laughs> yeah. And we know that in our own experience. Yeah. Sometimes we, we come to the practice with harshness. Yeah, with the opposite of metta. Yeah, and then what happens? Yeah, we contract. Yeah, it's a much. Uh, it's not such a rich field for us. So inherent in how we pay attention to something is this quality of, you know, non-judging. Yeah, allowing non-ill will. So meta practice includes the formal practice like we were doing yesterday afternoon, the way it's been passed to us in the tradition, yeah. the beings, the phrases. Yeah. It also includes the attitude of allowing that we were uh, working with yesterday morning. Yeah. And noticing what is here, opening to it, allowing it to be. Yeah. All forms of metta, all forms of metta. 
I think again Nathan mentioned this yesterday afternoon in the texts, the kind of the closest thing we have to how the Buddha actually described this practice. Yeah, and those texts also were written several hundred years after he had spoken, or they had spoken. Yeah. In the texts, the Buddha speaks about radiating metta, filling the world with metta. Yeah, that's that. That's the instruction that they're giving to us. So, yeah, I often say that because I feel like it gives us uh, permission, it gives us an invitation to make this practice our own, each of us, in a way that resonates, in a way that is appropriate for us. And the most important thing about metta practice is what I call the metta-metta. I can't remember if I said it yesterday or not. The metta-metta, the big picture metta. Yeah? M-E-T-A, big. <laughs> and vast M-E-T-T-A, friendliness. Yeah? Which means, in any given moment, what's appropriate. Yeah? Yeah, what's appropriate? How does metta show itself uh, right now? What's available? What's fruitful with the conditions that are present right now with this particular body, heart, and mind as it is right now? Yeah. So, as we said, sometimes it's you know really bringing the 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 meta, the phrases, directing it yeah to ourselves. Sometimes it's directing it to where it's easy. Yeah. Sometimes it's choosing a different practice right now that supports us. Yeah like the breath or the sound. So as we kind of tune in to this metta-metta understanding, yeah, attitude, way of looking, um, what it opens up, yeah, part of the insights that begin to be revealed is that we see our experience is conditioned. Yeah? Our experience is conditioned. Yeah. It's not always the same. Yeah? We think, oh, I'm going to sit down and meditate again. <laughs> but it's not the same, right? The experience of the body yeah. today may not be the same as yesterday. Yeah. Right now may not be the same as it was first thing this morning. Right? Does that make sense to people? Yeah. So we begin to see this. Yeah. There's conditionality at play. And... As we open to conditionality, we also open to the importance of sensitivity and creativity and responsiveness in our practice. Not just uh, come to practice, you know, whether it's here in the hall, sitting or walking, and just do one, two, three, you know, automatic pilot. Put in the settings and coast. Ah, There's something much more beautiful possible. The cultivation of that sensitivity and that responsiveness. Both in our practice and in our lives, I think that is an important connection to make. Cultivating sensitivity, responsiveness in our formal practice makes that much more possible in more complex situations. So I want to speak a little bit more, elaborate a little bit more about, you know, what I just said about experience is conditioned. You know, there's conditionality at play. How well I slept is impacting <laughs> my experience, for example. Yeah. How well I get on with porridge for breakfast <laughs> might be impacting. It's reminding, reminded of one of my friends who says, like, why do retreats and porridge seem to go together like so you know why is it why is it anywhere in the world practically that you go not everywhere but many places you'll get porridge for breakfast when you're on retreat you know why is that couldn't i couldn't resist i like porridge just to be clear So 
So we want to start to see, you know, what's happening when there's an experience. What's, what's this conditionality about? What does it allow? What does it open? We can see that when we have an experience, yeah, not made up of just one thing, it's not just the object yeah, out there. Yeah. And when there's an experience, it's made up of what we are paying attention to in a particular moment but also how we're paying attention, yeah? What and how, yeah? how we're relating. So we can say, you know, when we're paying attention, yeah. there's an object in our attention, and it's not the only object in the world at that moment, yeah? It's not the only object that our senses are revealing to us. It's an object in attention, Attention is either pulled towards or we're choosing, volitionally turned towards. And there's a way, there's a how that we're paying attention. How am I paying attention to the object? I'm going to give an example. Just continuing from the thread of last night, so staying in the same realm of of examples. You know, there may be tiredness. So we're sitting, walking, and there's tiredness, there's sleepiness. And we can say, ah, there's an object, attention will get pulled to it. Yeah? And that's the object in attention. And then there's how I'm paying attention to that tiredness. Mm-hmm. So I might be paying attention with aversion. Yeah? I don't like it. I might be paying attention with impatience. Yeah. I need this to go away. Yeah so that I can begin to practice. And there might be the kind of um, ways of paying attention that we've been cultivating so far. That noticing tiredness. Because a lot of the time we get kind of embroiled in the reactivity and the pushing away, yeah? without even noticing what's going on. Yeah? So noticing, ah, this tiredness. Yeah? And then just opening to that, yeah? softening with that. And that opens up possibilities of how to pay attention to that. How do I pay attention to the tiredness, for example? Yeah? Do I do it with a habit of reactivity, of aversion, of struggle? Or do I do it with interest, with curiosity, with metta? Yeah. With metta. Does that make sense to people? Yeah? Feel really free to say no if it doesn't. It's helpful for me. Yeah? Okay. So we can bring metta as an attitude to how we're meeting our experience uh, moment to moment. Yeah? can bring it in as an attitude, and as I said, it is already in there, <laughs> kind of inbuilt, but we can emphasize it, yeah, make it more intentional, both in formal meditation and beyond formal meditation. And we can also uh, cultivate the expansion of metta, yeah, from where it's relatively um, accessible to us, like we were doing yesterday with the easy relationship, yeah, the easy being, to where it may be more challenging, yeah, bringing metta to uh, an experience of tiredness, if I stay with that example, which we don't like and we don't want, we'd much rather think, I don't like you, than just opening to it, yeah, and allowing it. Yeah. So we can kind of cultivate, yeah, that expansion, yeah from what's relatively easy, and that's kind of what we want to spend a lot of time with, to just more and more areas of our life, more and more beings and relationships uh, in our lives. And I'm kind of pretty sure this is obvious, but it's also something that in my experience as a practitioner, (laughs) uh, and uh, from working with other people, we can't emphasize enough really important to begin the practice yeah, with what's accessible, with what feels more accessible, more easy. And when I say begin the practice, it's both 
if it's the first time you're doing metta practice on this retreat, but also uh, most of the time when you begin a practice, even if you're very experienced with this. Yeah, to actually get it going with uh, what is relatively easy and accessible. And then expanding. Yeah, then expanding very gradually at a pace that's appropriate to you. We sometimes uh, use this image, you know, of like making a fire, building a fire. Yeah, that we wouldn't start to build a fire with the biggest kind of damp, rotten logs that we could find in the forest. Yeah, we actually begin with the dry stuff that will catch fire quickly. Yeah. And we see that movement, it sometimes comes up, that's why I'm naming it, of just thinking, oh, this is really great. I, I'm going to bring it to that aspect of myself that I find really difficult or to that relationship in my life that's really challenging. That's a beautiful intention. Yeah? It's a beautiful intention. We can feel the beauty of that intention. Um, but we want to kind of have wisdom yeah? and at least start off with getting the fire going and then expanding. And this is relevant, you know, whether we're doing the formal practice with the phrases uh, or we're just tuning into metta as an attitude with breath or sound um, or we're actually working with something like a hindrance that's coming in <laughs> yeah, and uh, pulling our attention away. Yeah. And so, again, just wanting uh, to give an example. Yeah, we may be practicing yeah, let's say, let's give a, an example from walking. We're walking out there and the thought pops up in our mind. Cup of tea. Yeah. We've been there 10, 15 minutes <laughs> max. Cup of tea. Uh, if I got a cup of tea now, <laughs> then, you know, I wouldn't be constantly thinking about one. <laughs> and then I could do my practice. Yeah, you see how the mind goes. So we see that movement, a ah, cup of tea. And it, it might initially just be that, you know, just a the image or the smell or the thought. Yeah? And so the first thing we do when we notice that is we just notice. Yeah? And we come back to the practice. Yeah? That's the first thing we do. We don't give it extra attention. It just keeps going. Yeah? Come back to the practice. We pause and no, no, notice and we soften. And we come back to the practice. It may be that it really starts to build up. It probably isn't the best example, but maybe for some of us it is. <laughs> really builds up. Yeah, like, tea, 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 tea. Really. And we can't actually disengage, you know. Can't really disengage. Yeah. And so at those times, we might choose to actually pause, soften, recognize, allow, and then turn, instead of coming back to the breath, we're actually turning to the hindrance and working directly with that, yeah, as we were speaking last night. Yeah, so we're continuing to do the practice, but if I was you know, uh, aware of the whole body walking, that was my anchor. Now it's actually working with the hindrance, yeah, feeling the whole body, yeah, feeling... Um, connecting to anything that feels content at this moment, yeah, with this movement of desire. Yeah. Opening to the aversion there that's coming with the desire. Something here, it doesn't feel good enough. Yeah. And can I just connect yeah, to my intention? Can I connect to, to what does feel good and beautiful and noble yeah, about doing this, about staying with the practice? So we're working directly with the hindrance when we feel like that's quietened then we come back to the primary practice. Yeah, so it's a kind of how we're doing it. And we're holding the whole process with metta. Yeah? Holding that whole process with that interest, that care, that friendliness. So this morning, uh, the suggestion is actually to... Um, kind of remember yeah, that uh, metta is the primary practice for us yeah, here. Yeah. And I will guide uh, another 
practice of intentional metta now with phrases yeah, and beings. Um, when I say phrases, I'm including in that images or felt sense. Yeah. So even though I'll be offering phrases, for some of us, an image or a felt sense of metta is actually a better vehicle, a more accessible vehicle than the, than the words. Yeah. So we want to broaden that to, to see what works for us. I often use this image that someone shared with me, that her metta practice, um, instead of using a phrase, uh, would be a bouquet of flowers. <laughs> so imagining offering some flowers, or we might imagine offering a hug, yeah? or we might imagine offering a cup of tea, <laughs> yeah? to something, something that for us has the image of friendliness, yeah? has the image of care, yeah? reaching out a hand, to support. So maybe, yeah, for some of us an image is, is a more accessible way. Or a felt sense, a felt sense of warmth, yeah, a felt sense of care, a felt sense of offering attention. Yeah, these are all ways that we can feel meta. So I'll be offering, I'll be guiding a practice like that. Um, but as I've been saying, I think I've already said it a few times, but I'm gonna say it again, yeah, because this is one of the grooves that the mind goes into. The invitation to you, the primary invitation, is feel what is the meta meta for you right now. Yeah? So it may be that it's just to ignore the sound of my voice. Yeah? It's another sound, not to follow the guidance, and to do breath, sound, um, another practice that, that is appropriate, that is attending to your experience right now. And if you are working with phrases, images, um, also having a sense of agency with that. So I might be offering certain phrases. You may have other phrases, yeah? Or some of the phrases that I use are just, what? (laughs) And so don't, you know, ignore them. Don't use them, yeah? The important thing is that it resonates with you. It resonates with your experience. Um, The same with the speed and the rhythm. Yeah, my rhythm that I'm guiding may be too fast or too slow. Yeah, so find a rhythm that that works for you. There's just a few more things. I thought I was going to be short this morning, but sorry about that. Um, just a few things about the practice. Uh, notice any well-being that arises with a practice, yeah? Notice any well-being that arises as you practice, yeah? Might be just a little bit, might be quite a lot, include it, yeah? Include it in the practice. Uh, Yesterday, uh, Nathan offered a particular set of phrases. Uh, I'll just repeat them. Uh, I'll try to use them. I may (laughs) just gravitate towards the phrases that I habitually use, so if that happens, it's just fun, yeah, seeing how somebody else's mind works, yeah, forces of habit. Uh, the phrases that were used yesterday, and again, you can choose all of them, one of them, none of them. Um, may you, I, we feel safe, yeah, be nourished, know peace, and be free, yeah. But you can kind of really use, use phrases that resonate with you. Uh, and the last thing, Uh, to say is that um, it can be really helpful to use the body in the the practice, for the practice to be embodied. So I'll begin the guidance with that, actually bringing the awareness into the body. And the body is a real, can be a real support for us uh, in our practice. Um, So it's not just, especially if we're using the phrases, it can become just a, a, a verbal thing that's happening yeah, up here. Uh, but actually we want, if we can, the whole body uh, to be the field of awareness within which the meta intention um, is cultivated, yeah, is felt, is met, yeah, is nourished. Um, So yeah, let's, uh, let's practice together. If you need to stand up, stretch uh, any part of the body before you settle in, we're going to have just over 20 minutes for a practice, 20 and a bit. 
And then please do. And then taking the time to settle into your posture. As we are settling into the posture already bringing in this attitude of interest and kindness, this attitude of metta. Caring attention. As we settle into the posture, fine-tune it, Just doing what's possible for the body to be as stable, balanced, supported as possible through the posture. And inviting the awareness more fully, more deeply into the body, If it's helpful, using the sensations of contact, to gather, collect, ground the awareness in the body. Or some of us, it might be the breath that supports that sense of groundedness, gatheredness. And then balancing that gatheredness and groundedness with a sense of openness through the body. Softening the awareness through the whole body, light touch of awareness. So that we have a sense of the whole body whole body here.
We'll just take a few moments with that, softening through the whole body, letting the awareness include the whole body, expand through the whole body. That intention of interest and kindness, care. Uh, intention there, present in awareness. As we tune in to that intention of friendliness, goodwill, springing into awareness, inviting to awareness, someone with whom or for whom it's relatively easy, accessible. to feel metta, to connect with metta, to have a sense of care and friendliness. Maybe someone that's part of our lives, maybe Someone that's here, that guy house that's touched our heart, like one of the robins. Or the woodpeckers. It's opening to feel who it is that comes the heart and mind that comes into awareness. Keeping the awareness wide and soft and open through the body. Keeping the sense or image of that being alive in awareness. And inviting the matter to flow towards that being in whatever form is helpful, accessible to you. Phrases, images, felt sense. May you feel safe. May you be nourished. May you find peace. May you be free.
May you feel safe. May you be nourished in body, heart and mind. May you find peace. May you be free. Finding your own pace with uh, phrases or images or felt sense. Feeling them flow. Towards this other being. opening to feel as they're flowing to the other that they're also moving through you. Light touch of attention with awareness softening through the whole body as you practice. Inviting yourself now to let go of the other person or being that the metta is flowing towards and to let the metta primarily be flowing internally. Directing it towards yourself or letting it fill a space of awareness in the field of the body. And again, it can be helpful to use the phrases or images or felt sense to do this, support this. May I feel safe. May I be nourished in body, heart and mind.
May I find peace. May I be free. May I feel safe. May I be nourished in body, heart and mind. May I find peace amidst it all. May I be free. Just letting that intention of metta, of care, bathe and fill the being. Fill the space of awareness. Inviting the space of awareness to expand. To include the others practicing with us. Here in this moment at this time. both those of us here at Gaia House and the rest of our Dharma Hall spread out across the world, across the globe. May we all feel safe. May we all be nourished 
in body, heart and mind. May we find peace. Amidst it all. May we be free. Letting the movement of matter, intention of matter, continue to grow and to radiate out into the world in all directions. To include all beings, to include the earth. May we all feel safe. May we all be nourished. May we all find peace. May we be free. Yeah, taking this with you into the day in uh, whatever way is appropriate and helpful. Yeah. And that may change at different times. You can also bring the meta practice into the uh, walking or movement practice yeah, that we're doing. And I'll just make a couple of suggestions around that, how to do that. So if you're doing walking practice and you, know, you have your little path that you're walking uh, up and down, yeah, along, you can imagine, yeah, if you're sending metta to someone else, you can imagine them at the end of the path. Yeah, so you're walking towards them mm -hmm. with that sense of the metta kind of flowing yeah, towards that being yeah. and getting closer and just feeling that. And when you get to the path, you get really close. <laughs> End of the path and then you take a pause and you connect to the body, connect to the intention and you turn around to walk the other way magically. They're at the end of the path again on the other side. It's quite fun to do. That's going to be one way um, that we, we can bring the metta practice uh, in towards other beings. 
Um, we can also uh, have a sense of as we're walking or if you're doing, um, you're not walking, but you know what you're doing is a movement practice, is that that movement or the footsteps are a, a kind of a movement of metta in the world. So you can say stepping on the earth as an act of care and kindness. Yeah, and that contact becomes that. Yeah, or if you're you know, moving your hand, that movement of the hand is a movement of metta in the world. Yeah, so we can we can do that as well. Yeah. Or a sense of just radiating out that sense of care. Yeah, through the whole body and and out uh, into the world. So these are some suggestions yeah, that we can explore and um, yeah, see what happens. And I'll just end with something I said amongst many things that I said. Notice any well-being that arises in the practice. And sometimes it's just a whisper. <laughs> yeah, but we want to start to notice or continue to notice it and to, to give it our attention. Yeah. Because what we give our attention to, that becomes our experience. Yeah. So, yeah, noticing little moments, informal practice or outside of it, when there is some degree of well-being that's accessible. So thank you for your practice for your listening. May this be a, a fruitful day. May our practice support well-being yeah, for all beings. And Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.